Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very, very, very special episode. I'm so excited to share it with you. So we are going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic, taxes. And we have some very special guests on the podcast, Jordan and Daniel, co-founders and directors of Grayspace Advisory. They are amazing and Pablo and I are actually working with them to do our business and personal tax returns. So they have a lot of wisdom to share with us and I'm really, really excited to bring this to you. So welcome, Jordan and Daniel. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for having thank us. Thank you. Very, very happy to be here. So before we get into the nitty gritty tax stuff, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, so where you came from yep. and where you are now? Sure. Yeah, yep. so it all actually started in Jordan's hatchback, um, <laughs> yeah. driving to and from work. We were actually employed at the same place for probably two years. Um, we both had sort of senior manager positions, client manager roles. During COVID, you know, when everyone had to go back to work, it were quite depressing car rides where neither of us wanted to go and do what we did and we sort of lost a bit of that passion what we did and there was a lot of conversation back and forth back and forth to eventually come to a decision is of why don't we just do it ourselves what we've got to lose now nothing yeah exactly and here we are and fast forward i guess how long has it been about 15 16 months yeah 15 16 months and we've grown the team to five hired six next week six next week yeah so things are moving quickly and yeah i guess when we started we didn't think it'll move this quick we hoped. We didn't think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't project it to go this quick, but we were like, oh, you know what? Come on. We yeah. can get there. Yeah, and here we are. So, yeah, I guess that's a summary of us. Um, we've been in industry for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. We actually started our careers at the same firm, a little firm in Cogra. And then um, we went on to diff- – we went down different paths and ended up at the same place again. So, here we are, stuck yeah, together a, forever. Yeah, it was <laughs> a fun journey. It has been a fun journey since. Yeah. been a lot of – a lot of fun times. Yeah. I think over the last sort of 15, 16 minutes, working things out, just sort of doing it on the fly as you go. You know, we were quite blessed to be surrounded by, you know, resources to help us as business owners because this is sort of the field we work in. So for us, our journey was probably slightly easier than most people because we were surrounded by so many things. Um, but nonetheless, it's still exciting and um, interesting, difficult, stressful. No. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Same as any business. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the summary. I love it. That is such a nice story. And that's so funny that you guys are both from Cogra because I actually am too. <laughs> so, we're from the area. Yeah, that's, that's so it. so funny. That's I love it. it. Yeah. How good is that? I know. So, what are some common mistakes that you see people making when it comes to tax time? Yeah. For, for me, if we're talking about individual taxes, it's a lot of the time people just forget that they have deductions so you go to office works if you're a, a white collar worker and buy whatever you buy from office works but tax time is nine months away so you'll forget about it so a really important thing regardless of industry it's just to make sure you're keeping track of everything make sure you've got a record of 
where your expenses are um, because a lot of the time you just forget. I, I've been at – I've done that. I think we're before. all guilty of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sort of like, yeah, you know, I'll remember nine months later. So much happens in nine months. Yeah. Nine months later you're like, oh, I have no idea what I bought. I have <laughs> no idea where the receipts are. I've got no idea if I've got any proof of purchase. So I think – Keeping track know, of everything. So uh, a couple of ways to do it is you can use the old shoebox routine, which is – not the best. our nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's like not best practice. Um, if if you're getting emailed receipts, you can just create like a tax folder and have it and save everything in there. Um, and there's an app as well that the ATO has that allows you to take photos of the apps. Uh, sorry, receipts and store them on there. So I guess that's a little tip. Yeah, there's there's quite a few apps now. We're obviously not going to promote any, but there's there all there's a lot of free ones. There's a lot of good resources available for people that want a sort of free resource. And our favorite type of getting receipts spreadsheets you can summarize, <laughs> summarize. it spreadsheet it have links to receipts that is our dream um so record keeping for us is you can record keep you generally get the best result mm. come tax time as well for mm, sure exactly oh i love it great tips and okay what is the most underrated tax tip that people aren't talking about but you're like people should know about this yeah. everyone should know about this I know mine. What's your you, you start giving me another yeah. Underrated. Okay, yeah. you got my, me thinking now. My one would probably be the depreciation reports because this is in relation to someone who has an investment property. So if that investment property is quite new, a lot of the um, assets in there and even a lot of the, the fittings and furnishing have a depreciable component to it. And a lot of the time people will buy an investment property and they'll just think, oh, yeah, my standard deductions are interest, strata, council rates, water, whatever it may be. But that deduction of the depreciation report, which is a th is sometimes a 30-year schedule, that is your biggest deduction as a, a property investor. So I think that's probably, for me, it's one that a lot of people don't know about, when, especially if it's your first property that you're investing in. It's just something that isn't spoken about all the time. But again, one of the I think one of the most important as an investor yeah, 100%. That's a very relatable mm. sort of um, deduction. I'm going to pop in my favourite deduction. It is not as impactful as Jordan's <laughs> one, but my favourite one is your tax agent fees are tax deductible. Mm. Our fees, so we get new clients more or less every tax year and all of them always forget to give us the invoice from their previous accountant yep. because they forget it's tax deductible. Yeah, that's a good point. And by the way, if you guys are interested to get your tax return done by Jordan or Daniel, like we have an introductionary call with Jordan. Yep. He's available 24-7, you know. 24-7. Anytime. <laughs> 3 a.m. <Yeah. laughs> He'll be there. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to do a call with them, that's how we actually met. They had like an announcement on the fridge. We did a call. He came to our office, our shoebox. Not our shoebox of receipt, but shoebox of office. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and yeah, we did a call. Here we are now. Yeah, yeah. So definitely check it out in the description. And, yeah, I'm curious. So for people that are in, uh, salaried workers, what are some deductions that they can claim? And some of them, what are some that they also may not already know about? Mm. Good one. Good question. Yeah, so I feel like this day and age a lot of people know a lot of the deductions that are available but they don't know how to track them. So for the, one of the sort of most impactful ones, depending on, you know, what line of work, what you do, again, not advice or any sort because I don't really know what the occupation is, but motor vehicle expenses can be mm. really, really beneficial for a lot of people, right? So if you're travelling between work, so if you're going, you know, 
to clients, to see clients, to different offices, to different warehouses, to multiple locations, your motor vehicle is actually tax deductible. You can do it via two ways, either logbook it on an actual cost, so you can calculate what you spent for those trips, or the second one is a logbook method, where you just track the case that you do for work-related usage. It's really, really important to note that travel to and from home is not tax deductible. Mm. There are some exclusions there. For example, if a, a tradesman has lots of tools that he needs a commercial vehicle for, whether it's a van, a ute, a trailer, then you can deduct travel you know, to and from home because there's no lockup, there's nowhere to really store your tools and you need it to produce income. So that's probably one of the, the main exclusions from that rule. But other than that, travel to and from work is not tax deductible. Mm. And so I think, yeah, tradesmen are probably the – they get the biggest deduction with the, the motor vehicles because, like Daniel said, tools, um, they, they need it in order to perform their job. So that's probably the biggest deduction in terms of the monetary amount. Unfortunately, it's not re- not everyone gets it. You cannot get – like bring your laptop and say it's a tool that you use for work. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, and, uh, and there's also like new FTP rule for electric vehicle, right? Yes, yes. I don't know the exact figures on me right now, but there are FBT, not restrictions, but they've loosened the rules on the FBT for electric vehicles, meaning that there's no fringe benefits tax if you were to purchase the motor vehicle. It's up to about sixty-eight. Whatever the car limit is, the it changes limit. every. It changes every year. That's it. So it's somewhere in the mid sixties for the twenty-three financial year. So anything under the motor vehicle car cost limit, you can claim your motor vehicle if it's electric. Do you want to tr- summarize the F- what the FBT means? Fringe benefits tax. <laughs> more, more, more or less, it's a tax that is applied to deductions that may have a personal use to it. So if there's, uh, what's a motor vehicle is the easiest one because. You use it both for work and personal. And what the ATO does is they try and track your personal usage and can apply fringe benefits tax. This is mostly for businesses. So even from an uh, individual point of view, you just can claim up to mm. motor vehicle cost limit. Yeah, perfect. And it's more evident in a, for a business owner yes. as opposed to someone who's on wages. Um, but, yeah, that's a very interesting one that the, and the state government as well. They've got the re- refund. I think they – it's a reimbursement. Rebates. There's yeah. rebates coming through, but there's only a certain amount. Yeah. And you've got to apply for it and hopefully Fingers crossed. you get it. You're one of the first X amount of callers yeah. coming through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're asking me, but you are the accountant. I, I can't answer. I know because you have one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did you do that, <laughs> I think we employing you. Okay. I have another one. So what about for people that are business owners or self-employed? What are some things that they can claim that they maybe don't know about or some things that they can do in their taxes that that they may not know about? For businesses and self-employed, I would always recommend hiring a professional to help you out with it because there are generally some more deductions available to you. You know, a really, really good one for someone that's like a sole trader, self-employed, is your mobile. So a lot of the time your mobile, either you're, you know, you're posting on high pages or you're trying to find work on, you know, High, high pages as well. Or whatever the platform is. Whatever the platform is, Instagram, you're putting things out. The data you're using and the phone calls you're making for work become tax deductible. So your actual deductibility on your mobile phone becomes higher than someone that's an employee. So that's a really positive one. Yeah. Uh, for a, If you're a business owner, a small business owner, the instant asset write-off or the temporary full expensing, they're calling it now, um, which is you can buy an asset and instead of depreciating it over a certain amount of years – you can write the whole amount off in the same financial year. 
So that can be a huge deduction and sometimes it can even wipe out your whole tax bill. So especially in the car example, if you're a tradesman or if you have an EV, you can essentially nil out your tax. And if, if, if it ends up in a loss, that loss rolls forward and you can utilize that going forward in, in future financial years. So yeah, I think they're two quick tips. Mm. Yeah. And also like using a good software or spreadsheet, you know? For sure. Like mm. we use Zero, but I think there is also like uh, Henry and things like that. Yeah, I've used Henry before. It's uh, it's very niche to like a contractor, um, but Zero is our we're the biggest fans of Zero. All of yeah. we get all of our clients on and Zero. And it's super affordable. There's there's plans for yeah. businesses of all sizes. Um, I think their bottom plan is what like twenty dollars. It's um, gone up. Has it gone up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zero. <laughs> um, but maybe twenty. Five twenty-eight dollars yeah, like um, along those lines. It's super affordable. It's a really, really good tool to keep yourself accountable as well, even as a business owner. So you're on track of things. You know where your money's going, and it's not sort of just being spent mm. up the wall. And especially being a, a small business owner, you want to make sure you can see everything in one location. The good thing about Zero is it links up to all of your your, your bank accounts. Um, you can see your financial data at any point. You can process your payroll. You can process super payments from there using the Zero Clearinghouse. So it's a really good software and I think it's an essential tool in order to, to run a successful business. Regard, business. Yeah, yeah, regardless of, you know, once you probably get to that 80 or 90,000 in turnover per year, it's probably you're ready to get your accounting software to, to help keep track of everything and keep everything in one location. Yeah, and you want to plan for the future. You for know, sure. you can use like spreadsheets and things like that. That might save a bit of money at like $20 a month. But then a year from now, do you still want to do spreadsheet or do you want to have like five, six employees and run something and you won't be able to do it with spreadsheets. Exactly right. It'll it'll get way too hard, way too quickly. And, and you also got to think about the opportunity cost as well. Mm. Like how long is it going to take you to format that spreadsheet, get it right, move things along, make sure you're importing, getting all the information, formulas all correct. Is it worth $20 a month? Because I guarantee you the time you spend on a monthly mm. basis to make sure your spreadsheet's correct, the, the $20 a month far outweigh the yeah, time you sure. spent doing yeah. that. And all the deductions that you might forget about. Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, won't happen if it's all if all your cards are linked to zero. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There is this book, like, from Naval, and it talks about, you know, putting your hourly rate really, really high at, like, $500 or $1,000 an hour. And it's, like, how much you spend time doing it. Like, is it worth more than $1,000? Exactly right. Exactly right. So that's where we go to that opportunity cost where if you're, if you're spending four hours a week and you're charging out $100 an hour or two, say it's $200 an hour, that's $1,000 a week of your time that you could be, you know, doing income generating activities instead you're doing spreadsheets. Mm. <laughs> Leave yeah. that to us. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why you're hiring a new employee. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So no, it's, um, yeah, an essential for sure for a small business. That's so interesting. Good, good insights. I really love it. Awesome. Okay, I'm curious to hear from you about just basically what do you think about like if somebody were to know very little about tax and the ways to make it work for them and to understand the the rules in place and like how they can 
you know, maximise their tax deductions while also staying within the the guidelines. What would you say to them? Like, how do you think it's set up? And like, um, what would you say to somebody who doesn't know much sure. about it? I, I sent to Queenie. The ATO website's are really good. Uh, they've got a lot of the a lot of the stuff is on there. Whether you're a, um, an employee or an employer, it breaks everything down pretty. It's in layman's terms, so it's it's pretty easy to read and comprehend. We've also got this guide here that we can send to listeners if if anyone um, wants it. We can maybe have a link in the bio or or whatnot. Um, and we've summarised a lot of the key deductions for people, so hopefully that can help as well. Yeah, it's because it's really difficult. There's so many different deduction deductions mm. available, and they're so personal. So. What you know? What is deductible for one person isn't always mm. deductible for the next. Um, so it's either one. Do your own research. No one knows your situation better than you. So a lot of the times we would prefer people to have too much information, as in think something's deductible, give me the information for it, than the reverse, which is assume it's not deductible, don't keep any records, and then I turn around and go, hey, that actually was deductible. Yeah. And do you have any record? No. Yeah, you're better off oversupplying information. Exactly. And someone telling you no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love it. And okay, so what about for people that have, let's say they're they're working full time or they're self-employed and they have a business and they also have investments on the side. So whether property, shares, crypto, different types of investments, what are some ways that they can maximize their deductions? Yep. So there's a couple of different ways you can hold those investments themselves. You can hold them in your own name. Um, you don't have much flexibility in terms of distributing capital gains events, dividends or whatever the, the outcome is of the investment. Alternatively, you can also hold them in trusts. Um, the trusts give you a bit more flexibility in terms of where you can distribute profits to. Um, and it helps keep things a little bit separate in terms of having them in your own name and then having a different entity to hold all of your investments. Um, and I guess in terms of deductions... In terms of deductions... in for investments, there aren't that many deductions because the cost base is always, you know, the cost base in itself, meaning that you get the deduction when you sell. But, you know, if you take out, let's say, a loan to put into, you know, this crazy great share that someone tipped you off on, um, the interest component does become deductible. So if you do incur any debt during your investing, then that becomes deductible. Other than that, it's sort of more or less straightforward um, the only other sort of components are that's where structuring becomes really good depending on the size of your operation, depending on how big your business is, how many employees, what types of risks are involved. That's what Jordan was talking about, you know, having trusts and other entities in place to be able to sort of separate your assets and your liabilities as well. Mm, yeah, that's a good point regarding trust because trust, I don't know, when I first heard of them, I thought it was like something that only like super rich people had. And then, then we got one and I was like, wow, it's so weird. I can't believe I have one now. <laughs> it's so strange. But what for people that don't know what trusts are and who who do you think trusts are suited for and what are the benefits of them? Yep. Okay. Trust more or less suit it's hard to say sort of a, a, a type of person. I think it depends on what you're doing and what you plan on doing with yourself. Um, for example, you know, property, I'd probably keep property in your personal name up until you use the land tax thresholds because as soon as you put a property into a trust, you're paying land tax for every, from every dollar, which can save, which can add up, right? You're, mm. you're talking about between five and $10,000 on one property and potential land tax in a trust versus your personal name. 
So property, I'd always keep personal name until you exceed that threshold and then it can go into a trust. Um, in terms of, you know, shares, cryptos and, you know, all your other investment types, the trust really comes in handy when, you know, let's say if you're, you know, a couple and you both want to invest and rather than having two separate accounts with your two separate names, you can pull your funds, put it into the trust and then be able to distribute any, you know, dividends or capital gains between yourselves depending on, you know, the the deposited amount. So, if, for example, you put 70% in, the other person put 30%, you can distribute the profits and the gains accordingly from there. So they provide a little bit more flexibility from a tax-saving point of view for your investments as well. And it's um it's not just for investing per se. A, a lot of the times when we set up a business structure, um, we use a trust to hold the shares in that business structure. And it's essentially the exact same thing that Daniel said about the distribution of uh, profits. It gives you a bit more flexibility, but they're starting to actually tighten up on that. hundred A. Yeah, there's a, a new one. There's a new um, legislation. Yeah, it's in- interesting, but I guess maybe super boring for all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of legislation where the ATO is really trying to crack down on distributing to people um, to take take advantage of the lower tax brackets, but. Maybe that's a that's a that's, that's that's like a three hour podcast yeah, it's, in itself. It's wow. Mostly professionals because yeah. it gets very very boring. Yeah, it is very boring. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that you can't distribute try, like um, some I don't know dividends or income to like a one month old or something? <laughs> one month yeah, so old babies. With, with, yeah, with the children, it's it's pretty clear cut. Um, you, you're going to get taxed at the highest marginal tax rate with the. Uh, type of passive income so we we steer clear from that um, yeah. all the time they're mainly trying to target the like distributing to children who aren't actually um, working benefiting. working in the business yeah. Yeah, yeah benefiting from that money ah very interesting yeah there is also a cgt discount right if you hold your shares for more than one year yes so the cgt discount that happens um for you if you hold the shares in your personal name um, the, the company doesn't get a CGT discount. So for whatever reason, if you're holding investments in a company, you're not going to get that CGT discount, but the trust. Trust you can. Yep. Same rulings. Exactly. So that's why if you are going to hold, again, everyone's situation is different. The most common um, things we see is holding the investments personally or in the trust. And for both of those structures of investment, whatever the vehicle is, you will get that, that 50% CGT discount. Yeah. And a good software actually that we use to track our trust, uh, our investment is share sites. And I think it pull all of the investments, you know, it can be like from multiple brokers and things like that. And then at the end of the year, it gives you a tax report. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And same with crypto. So there's Coinly and it also does that as well if you have multiple crypto exchanges. And then it also produces tax reports which is really handy. Oh, yeah, for sure. We love those. Yeah, we because those. <laughs> it was it was interesting when crypto sort of first, not hit the market, but it was in the headlines, people didn't realize that every time you were making a trade, there's a tax implication of some sort. And people were, were coming to us and, you know, the net result may be a gain of $100 or a loss of $100, but there's like a thousand transactions and people just didn't know. And that's a lot of work for us. That's like... That's really difficult because you're more or less looking for the gains and losses on each transfer. Yeah. So not just when you put money in and pull money out, it's all the in-between transfers need to be tracked. And if I want to say there's a thousand, that's a lot. That's hours and hours and hours of work. But, you know, you may have deposited like $2,000 <laughs> to begin with and taken out 2100 
and like the fee for that, it's a lot of time. And yes, there are um, the softwares are getting better, but when it was only it, now, not not two or three years yeah. ago when we first started seeing it hit the tax returns, it was chaos. Yeah, that's right. And now the ATO is also getting the data that um, maybe not line by line data, but they're getting notified when a transaction's made in your own name. So we're starting to see all of that come through on the pre-filling reports we see when we do someone's tax return. So it's super interesting that space with how it's developed in such a short time as well. It's constantly evolving as well. Yeah. On that note, what are some things that you're seeing the ATO come out with or like the different tax offices come out with in the future? Like are there any new things that people should be aware of or any things that may be coming up in the future? I think they're going to get much more stringent on the crypto stuff. I think they're going to, it's going to get to the point where they're going to get transaction data. Um, and they will go back. They'll go back about five years. Yeah. They can go back five years yeah, from. Their tech's just not up to the standard to be able to cope with that amount of data. Um, I think tax, re- like individual tax returns as well, this isn't confirmed. It's just, I mean, it's my personal opinion. It'll get to the point where, you won't even need to lodge one if you if you have a like a really basic tax return where there's no real investment or anything like that. The, the ATO has enough data now to apply a, a apply like a, a blanket deduction, where they'll say this is your industry based off an ANZIC code. So every industry has an ANZIC ANZIC code, yep. um, and then they'll just give you an average deduction. So I think that's going to happen in the future. I agree. I agree. Individual returns, especially the basic ones. So if you're just employed, your employer reports your wages via STP. You, know, you might be able to submit some deductions at the end of it, but the ATO more or less has all the information they need yeah. to and be able to process a return. In terms of cracking down, they're starting to look at, at the um, repairs and maintenance stuff for investment properties. So we're starting. I've had one or two of those come across my desk where the ATO will actually request receipts and in, invoices of, of repairs and maintenance and, and make sure that it's being classified correctly um, and it because there's, there's two ways it can be deducted. Either you can immediately claim the whole deduction if it's a repair, but if it's an improvement, um, you need to depreciate it over a certain amount of years. So they're, they're starting to get much more stringent on that as well. But if you were doing these repairs when you were living or in the property that you own, you don't need the receipt, is that right? Or if, it's, if it's your primary place of residence and you're doing it, you know, you're doing renovations on it, there's no need to keep receipts because there's no tax implication or tax effect there at all. So yeah, yeah the, the the home is, the, the home that, your, re, your residency, sorry, is, is tax-free, yeah. But tax if you free. were to rent out this place maybe a year from you doing the renovation, then you've done the renovation like a year ago. So that's when you, oh, we would probably recommend getting a depreciation report and that's where you'll get the, the long-term benefit of that renovation because they'll be able to value that on an yep. inspection. That's where that would become crucial because based on the timing, it wouldn't become deductible if you're living there. Even if your intention is to rent it out in the future, that's where the, the depreciation report you will probably get a really, really big benefit from. Mm. And not just one year, it's over oh, whatever yeah. the assessor believes it to be. So you get a deduction yep. for multiple years as opposed to just a, a one-off. Mm. Yep. And yeah. they're also cracking down, I know they're cracking down on um, work from home deductions mm. as well. They're becoming a lot more stringent and they want record keeping. They want to see you know, almost timesheets and records, a diary of you actually working from home versus just sort of estimating. They're no longer going to be happy with estimating going forward. It's going to be actual time yeah. or actual hours spent working from home. Yeah, because during the pandemic, they were, they were fine with an estimate. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah, it was... Um, 
That was the least of their problems. With all the money they were throwing out, that was the least of their problems. <laughs> JobKeeper and cash Now can you, you can claim when you go on TikTok, you know, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, my screen time is terrible. But it's getting better, you know. It's not, not so bad. But some days, six hours. Can you believe that? Six well, hours. It's your profession as well. Yeah, that's what I tell myself as I well. I would tell myself that's <laughs> all work. It is all work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then um, what's on your screen? Like accounting? Accounting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Just, love um, it. Market research. Scroll, scroll. <laughs> I love it. Are there any other, I guess, things that have come to your minds that you think people should know about when they are submitting their tax returns this year or any interesting things that they could keep in mind that they could tax plan for the future? Yeah, um, I one that not many people know about is the income protection. Mm-hmm. So that can actually be – well, it is tax deductible. Yep. Um, sometimes people hold that in their super fund, but you're probably better off having it in your, your personal name so that way you can claim that deduction every year. So, you know, God forbid if something was to go wrong, you've got that insurance there and that insurance is also tax deductible. So, again, it, it just depends what your premiums are and what tax brackets you're in, in in terms of how big that deduction is, but that's one that sometimes slips through the cracks. Yeah, I think going back to our very, very first point, record keeping is key. Yeah. That is key to maximising what you can get back in your tax return yeah. or you know, minimising your tax. It's always about record keeping. Yeah. It's really important to just reiterate that because it's that... That will be your biggest yeah, benefit. More than sort sure. of knowing what's deductible and not deductible, I think record keeping, having track of everything, like I said before... Tell us more or less more than what we need to know and we can filter through what's deductible, what's not deductible. And that makes our job a lot easier. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That was really good. Pablo, do you have any other questions? Right, thanks for everything. Thanks, guys, yes. for coming no on the podcast. Our pleasure. No, it was really fun. Thank you so much for coming and thank you so much for listening. If you want to find Jordan and Daniel, you can find them in our show notes. We have put a link. They have very kindly prepared a minimizing your personal tax tax planning guide for 2023. So if you would like to download that, we have also have a link in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks. And just to add, just before we go, we also have a minimize your business tax tax planning guide as well. So if Mm. any, you know, small business owners want to, you know, get like a little breakdown of, you know, deductions and and things that they should look out for, we have one of those as well. Chuck that in the show notes. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.